0: Living in retrospect is a bad idea, and sometimes we let our same old stories hold us back from the new adventure God has for us. But here's the truth God wants to restory us, transforming our tales of tragedy into epics to anticipate. In this podcast, Mary DeMuth interviews people who have lived through God's powerful restory process, where they've discovered healing, joy, and a brand new perspective. So let's shed that old painful story and find the freedom we've been longing for. The Restory podcast starts now. The Restory Show, episode 20B. Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30 day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash Restory. They've got a lot of titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And I just, this is actually a funny little, um, a quick episode of the restory show to let you know that this is the end of season 1 of restory and uh we will commence again in September so be uh, on the lookout for that um i've got some great people lined up already that i've already interviewed and and i can tell you that these stories will be just as life-changing as season 1 and you will really enjoy hearing um some unusual stories. So all that to say, thank you so much for listening to these first 20 or so episodes. And uh, maybe you can just listen to them over and over during the summer if you miss me. <laughs> um, anyway, I wanted to share a couple things today and uh, have a surprise announcement at the end. So stay tuned uh, about just what God's been doing in my life. Uh, as you know, I'm not going to be interviewing someone today. I'd just be interviewing myself. But as you know, last summer, God gave me the the concept of restory, of restoring our lives. And that started a quest of uh, creating a new website, a new look on the internet, and this show, the Restory Show. And also, um, that was the impetus to start the Restory Conference, which will be now. Really alive and happening on September 17th at Lake Point Church in Rockwall. And, uh, you can now register for that, um, on Link, po- at Lake Point, at lakepoint.org. And Lake Point has an E, so L-A-K-E-P-O-I-N-T-E dot org forward slash restory. And, uh, you can pick up a ticket there if you'd like to come. And there's some bulk discounts as well. So I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, you may know or you may not know that I did a fundraising campaign to be able to fund that conference and it funded. And I'm so excited to be able to bring you some really great content, some amazing worship and uh, some testimonies that are going to blow your socks off. Some of which have been featured on the Restory show in the past. So uh, get ready for something pretty darn amazing. Uh, anyway, so as you know, um, I went through that whole thing of, you know, God said restory, I said okay. And uh everything was great. And then I got that word in I think it was like November of subtraction. And um wow, that was that was a lot of fun. And I I kind of was like, no, Lord, I, I really would like the word abundance or awesomeness or whatever, but not subtraction. Multiplication would be so much better. But you know, God has done some really interesting subtraction in our lives this this year in 2016 and one of those has been um uh just some relationships that I had that uh, actually probably needed to be subtracted, but it was not an easy thing. Um and I'm the kind of person who loves to cling to relationships, even bad ones, uh because I feel like I should always 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 try try try. And the Lord made it very clear he shut the door on on s- some of those and I'm, uh, in retrospect, I'm grateful, but during the time it was not fun. And then of course the other one you know well about is that, uh, at the end of January, my husband was subtracted of a job. And so he was, uh, joking with me uh, right after it happened. He rolled over in bed and he said, um, I didn't know that your word for the year had to rub off on me. (laughs) I said, I'm so sorry that subtraction had to happen to you too. So, uh, we've been in the six month, um, spiral of subtraction and learning how to live, uh, with that kind of dependency on God. And that's been really good. I also feel really well supplied. Like God has really, really, um, he has provided for our needs in surprising and amazing ways. So one of the posts I did recently was five things I learned from joblessness. And again, this was not my joblessness, but as someone who earns her living through, um, arts and creativity and, and ministry, uh, I don't always have the most consistent income and I, I could never carry our family on what I learn, uh, what I earn. And so for him to lose his job, I lost my patron of the arts and, uh, it was just very insecure, no insurance, no nothing and it was just a hard time and and uh, we're still feeling the repercussions of that today um so anyway, I just wanted to share a few things of that post of the five things that joblessness taught me. The first one was that uh God is the provider i i am i I often think somehow that it is up to me to provide for my needs. I feel like I have to, especially in this job of writing books and speaking. And it's like, I have to, as an entrepreneur and as a minister, I have to kind of, which is a weird combination anyway. I have to find ways to make money. And it's, I feel like it's all up to me. And I've realized during this time of my husband's joblessness is that he, he's not even the provider. I'm not the provider. God is the provider. He orchestrates interesting circumstances um, and y- utilizes supernatural means to provide for us. Um, we've had people around the world uh, send us um, provision, and it's been completely and utterly humbling, and um, I I will say pridefully that I really love to give money, and I really love to be a giver. It's a lot harder to be a receiver. Um Strangers have been kind to us. Uh, people we know have carried us and our life group at church at Lake Point has been, um, an amazing arm, uh, hands and feet of Jesus to us during this financial stressful time, financially stressful time. So we learned that God is a provider. Number two, we learned we didn't need much. Um, you know, we, we understand we live in America. We understand that we live, um, at a higher cost of living than most of the world. And we understand very much since both of us have traveled all over the world, um, to see some harder places. We know that we are extremely wealthy. And so when we had to go to austerity measures and I started, um, being more frequent at Aldi and buying groceries there and getting really excited about the $10 off coupon, which I continue to get excited about. Um, I realized, you know, I didn't have to buy stuff. I didn't need stuff to make me happy. Yes, we needed food on the table and things like that. But other than that, we pretty much did a moratorium on excessive or any extra, not excessive, but just any extra, uh, expenditures. And I learned that we were just as happy with extra buying stuff and with not buying stuff. Um, we did a couple of things where we, uh, changed our service providers. We downgraded things. We, uh, let go of some extra bills that were superfluous and we didn't need to do anymore. Not that we didn't pay them, but we just dropped services. And uh, and so we learned that we didn't need much. The third thing that we learned was um, who you are is more relevant than where you find yourself. And uh, I am more than a paycheck. My husband is more than the job that uh, has defined him in the past. And who we are in the midst of Trial, tribulation, stress, worry, fretting is more important than what we have or where we find ourselves. And so we determined to uh, be generous in this time where people were being generous to us. Um, and we also learned, you know, this was a very confusing time because we weren't sure the why of the job loss. And maybe we never will know, but it started us down a path of, does this mean we move? Does this mean we go into full-time ministry together? What does this mean for us as a couple? What does this mean for us as a family? And with all that um, insecurity I had to remind myself that who I was in the midst of it and who God had made me to be and the trusting person that he wanted me to be was more important than the destination he was taking us to. I really worship at the idol of certainty. And so um, when things were really uncertain, I had a very hard time finding joy. And that's just a confession to you today. Number four, humbleness equals great gain. Um, I alluded to this earlier, to be financially struggling, to not be able to do the things that you used to do, um, and and just to be in a place of want was very humbling. But on the other hand, I think it's taught me to be more generous. It's taught me the joy of giving even more, because I, as a recipient of people who have been so cautious, uh, beautiful to us, um, I realized it brought them a lot of joy to do that. And it also truly provided for what we needed and what we even sometimes wanted. And so, wow, um, God is just so gracious. And I realize it's not up to me. And I have been humbled in knowing that in just a moment, your life can change. In a moment, someone could lose a job. In a moment, you could lose your health. In a moment, there could be an accident. In a moment, someone could walk away from you and devastate you. In a moment. And the key is, am I humbly dependent on the Lord for everything? And I wish I could say that I'm that way 100% of the time, but I'm not. <laughs> and um, a lot of that I was shown during these past six months. So this these past six months of subtraction have been, um, number five, a hidden blessing. Um, it's been good to have some things taken away from me. One of the greatest things that was taken away from me is this idea of gatekeepers, that in order to be successful at something, somebody out there has to notice. And this is hard for someone who's a writer because inevitably, um, publishers are gatekeepers. So they can look at my project and they can say no, or they can, um, you know, just put the stops on something and they absolutely can be gatekeepers. So when I met with my mastermind group in, uh, we meet once a year in person, and we meet every other week on Google Hangouts. But we met in person in January, and I was talking about how I just wanted to be speaking more because I really felt like that was the sweet spot that God was calling me into of late and I said something like but it 's really hard to get gigs, and it 's really hard to you know find places to speak and uh, in a way that will help provide for my family and they all just kind of stood around in a circle and and they said, wait a minute, who says that you have to have a gatekeeper? Who says you can't just do this on your own? And something was sparked in me in that time, and I thought, you know, this is the year of subtraction of gatekeepers, of realizing that God is going to open up something without having to have someone stand in the way. And that's how the Restory Conference started. They said, you should just fundraise for that conference, you should put it on, and then ask God to help you take it to the nations. And so, wow, um, I'll be really honest, In in June, when I started, on June 1st, when I started the campaign to fund restory, I was worn out after promoting a book. I'm not a good promoter. I don't love to sell myself. I am the worst salesperson when it comes to me. I can sell other people. Great. I would love to, you know, I love to introduce people. I love to, you know, promote their work. But when it comes to me selling myself, it's just like, Poking a needle into my eyeball, and so after uh, promoting worth living, and then having to do this, I I just wanted to crawl under my bed and cry, and so it was a hard ask and and hard to really be. Um, I was excited about it, but hard for me personally to ask for that, and and yet the Lord was just so gracious, and He provided people in just the right periods of time to be able to fund that campaign, and now. Um, the subtraction in my life of subtracting gatekeepers is now becoming a dream come true. Not for my sake. This is not about me. I, I got an email last week that was super mean-spirited, and, and the person said, well, this conference is all about you, and don't you know that when you're marketing, it's all, it's always supposed to be about your audience, and then said all sorts of other mean, cruel things. And um, initially, I was upset by it, but then I just let it go, and I thought, you know what? That's not true. This conference is about setting other people free. I could care less about me and if, you know, if I could speak behind a box and not be seen, that would be fine too. I just want this message to get out of the fact that God wants to restore our lives, not just for our sake for our healing, which is awesome, but for the sake of other people out there. You are restored in order to be an agent of restoring other people's lives. And of course, God is the great storyteller and he's the one that does it, but um, I just think the kingdom of God is, is, um, in this place where, um, we need to be ready to go and tell our stories to a dying world. And we need to no longer feel disqualified by our stories, but that our stories where they're the most broken is the place where we are going to minister in the greatest capacity. And so that's the heart of the Restory Conference is, is really this, um, this setting you free With a so what? Why are you set free? Why has, you know, why has God done all these amazing things in your life? Well, it's so that you can go out into this world and be salt and light and the light of Jesus in a dark place. And you can minister to the people um, that struggle with some similar things. And, and it's just an amazing thing. So, Anyway, all that to say, uh, Restory Conference is not about me. It is about you and your needs and your need to get pers- gain perspective on what your story means in the greater kingdom of God. If the enemy can get you to think that you have no um, importance, and if he can think that you have make you think that your story doesn't matter, then he's going to effectively shut off a valve of amazing living water that desperately needs to be out there with a thirsty world. That was really awkwardly put, but I hope you know what I mean. You are the only you... In your circle, you are the only you that has your story. You are the only you that has the relationships that you have. And therefore, because you are the only you, the enemy is going to do anything he can to subtract from you, to detract from you, to discourage you from sharing that story. And so the Restory Conference, is, as I said, is not just about your healing. It's about you being set free to do the kind of ministry that is going to change the world. So those are the five things that we've learned and uh, I haven't announced this publicly yet, but the good news is that my husband got a job today. So I'm recording this um, last Wednesday, so you're getting um, the information fresh, uh, and we are so happy and so grateful and so excited, and I'm a little bit afraid to announce this um, publicly because... His last job interviews, he had six of them, two of which involved a flight, and then it didn't end up happening in the end. But he did sign a piece of paper today, and he'll be working in the medical field again and doing some traveling. But it's a good job it will provide, and we are utterly grateful. So I just want to thank all of you who have been praying for our family during this time, and I'm just so thankful. I want to thank the Lord publicly too, just for all the ways he brought us through and how he gave me so much more empathy for people who are struggling financially or struggling with jobs and, and things like that. So I'm just so grateful. I'm so thankful to announce that he has a job. And um, I wanted to end this uh, season of uh, Restory number one, <laughs> season number one, with something amazing like that because God really brought something about it. it was a, It was a long journey, but we're grateful and... Um, Anyway, I just want to share that with you so that you see that God does answer prayer. And and that doesn't mean that if you're still struggling and you're not seeing the answer to prayer that he's not ever going to answer. I thought about that a lot. Like there's times where God doesn't answer prayer or he doesn't answer it in the way you want him to or the way you prescribe to him. And I've had to get to that place where I said, okay, God, you are on the throne despite how I feel, despite whether you answer the prayer the way I want you to or not. And and that brought in kind of a deeper connection with him. So anyway, um, I'm just grateful for you. And uh, of course, I'll end this with prayer. And I hope you don't mind if I pray for you today. Lord, thank you for provision. Thank you for subtraction. Thank you for addition. Thank you for multiplication. Thank you for restoring our lives. Thank you for giving us a new perspective um, on our own stories that are important in your story of the kingdom. I pray that we would be bold today in uh, sharing our stories with others, and ultimately that we would share your story, the gospel, with others. Um, For those who are hurting today, whose prayers don't feel like they've been answered, I just pray you give supernatural faith and patience and endurance may endurance have its perfect results so that they could be um, perfect and complete lacking in nothing i pray that they would welcome trials as friends instead um, instead of resenting trials as intruders and i uh, and i thank you that that you are the provider for all of us it's not up to us it's up to you But in those places, those dark places, I pray today, Lord, you would shine a light, that you would show your affection to my friend listening to this podcast today, that you would go before, behind, and beside. And I just thank you, too, for the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Oh, how we need that comforting presence every day, and how we take for granted the fact that we carry around in us the glory of God and the presence of God wherever we go Whereas in the Old Testament, the presence would flee or, or uh, fall upon and then go away, and, and yet we have it constantly. We're so grateful for that. We pray for those today who um, are needing uh, food and who need shelter and who need clothing. We pray for the refugees of the world, and we pray, Father, that you would help us to be part of that solution in a kind-hearted, gentle way. We, um, we thank you for dying on the cross for us thank you for resurrecting and beating death and we thank you for your presence that goes with us today in jesus name amen so if you'd like to know about today's show episode 20b with links and extended information you can go to marydenute.com forward slash 20b as in butterfly and may you live a brand new story this week